Welcome to Because You Need to Know. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. Hi, my name is Elif Gökçidem. I absolutely love working in empathy building through museums. My most fantastic job work experience was meeting the Dalai Lama. And the topic I can talk for hours about is empathy building and oneness. And I stay connected to people by heart. What is empathy and why does it matter? Empathy, its dictionary uh, description is our ability to be able to connect with another at an emotional level, feeling like another or being in another's shoes. Understand empathy is a way of understanding myself, uh, my own thoughts, emotions and biases so that I can recognize them in the others around me and then expand my uh, circle of concern to others uh, who do not look like me and may not believe in the same things that I do, including only the humanity, but environment. So it sounds to me it would be a key ingredient to self-awareness. That's exactly right. It's all about knowing oneself. Tell me about your organization that you're putting together or have founded that is all about empathy. Where did you get this idea and what was your, and it sounds like there was something that personally changed your viewpoint to where this is what you wanted to do. That's right. I had a, a life experience. I had a transcendent experience that changed the way I see the world. And the more I uh, thought about that experience, trying to articulate actually what happened, pointed me out to the direction of empathy, our uh, essential or fundamental you know, ability to feel like another. That sort of made me realize that each uh, living and non-living, according to you know most traditions, things such as you know mountains or you know trees or rivers including humans and you know other animals and plants and atoms and everything else that exists in the universe has a way of existing and way of experiencing the universe in their own particular ways and an understanding and an appreciation of this equality was very important so i thought, you know, what can I do with this? How can I even start talking about something like this, even with my own children, you know? Right. And I said, you know, okay, you know, I know a little bit about artists, museums, and I'm, I work for a corporation, you know, I have certain skills that I can bring. So that's why I decided to start with museums and to see how museums can contribute to an understanding of this very important point that everything has a particular way of experiencing the universe and perhaps mm. empathy could be the the start that we can where we can start appreciating this. Well, I can see where you're making that connection going back to your everything is connected kind of talk about, you know, we're not it's almost like human framework is the only one that's decided to be separate of everything else. Once you have that understanding that we are not separate even from each other, let alone trees and rocks and rabbits and carrots in my garden, that there is a understanding that provides a, not just an empathy, but a respect or not a respect, but a, a consideration, I'll say a consideration of, right? And that's probably where a lot of empathy is derived is when you give consideration of 
then you're providing space for empathy to exist because that is that is probably not in most of the human framework in their minds anyway. In, in most, maybe in not all cultures, but in Western culture, I would say that's probably how we are built to some degree, that that is a separate thing, that empathy is not just, I don't just go around lolly dolly giving out empathy to everybody. Oh my goodness, no, that's not how we do things here. Yes, that's true. And I really agree with what you said that, you know, in most Western cultures, you know, there is this duality of existence. But in including the culture that I come from is concept of oneness of all beings. Uh, and from that perspective, there's really no other. So whatever you are doing, if you are showing empathy or compassion, you are really showing it to yourself, which is the whole that we are all a part of. But, you know, to get there, it is, uh, you need to take a couple of steps because not everybody. <laughs> you, you mean it's just not like breathing air? I just do it? Come on. <laughs> I need training on this? <laughs> yes, that's where museums come in. You know, that's, uh, I think it is the best way to talk about empathy and, and an understanding of the other, you know, uh, is through experience. So this is not something that you can learn by or, you know, follow instructions. There's no linear rules to follow or steps to follow or anything. The, the best way to learn about this is to experience it. And experiencing this uh, requires a certain, of, uh, certain level of courage on the part of the participant and an intention to show up and be vulnerable to what is to come because we may not like the outcome of that experience because that immediately shows us, you know, when we encounter the other, it is like the mirror effect that we start learning about ourselves. And that's the most difficult part of education, which is a lifelong thing. And you bring up a point that I think in my own experience is true, is that in order to listen to others, you must learn to listen to yourself. And that's that self-awareness, right? Holding up the mirror every time you want to project out what you think is the other person's issue or the matter is the issue. You have to first look, where's that coming from in me? Exactly. The connection with the museums I like, because as you were saying, where you started this focus is that if you go to a museum and most of it is around I don't know the museum business, but I would say most of it is around natural history, natural the world, right? You you want to go learn about what things were like 40,000 years ago. You go to a museum to see what was there, see artifacts, to understand, to get visual cues, to start that world search of introspection to a world you can't know. So the empathy thing, I can see where it's seated in that type of inquisitive mind that wants to learn. That's true. And also we need, you know, if the culture doesn't provide that to individuals by, uh, you know, values and, you know, the worldview, the stories that, you know, the little ones are brought up with, you know, you need really have to be very intentional about this. And, and we are seeing that empathy, we have an empathy deficit, but we have not really invested in those spaces and experiences and systems that foster it. So museums are not perfect in a way that, you know, they come with all kinds of, you know, institutional problems and their, you know, colonialistic, you know, backgrounds and who gets to be represented and all that. But one thing good about it, them is that there's a museum about anything and everything. 
in, on all subjects almost. So imagine if you have an interest in natural history, you can go and there you have, you know, you have many mirrors to interact with in terms of empathy building to learn about yourself and your connections to the others and the whole uh, that we are all a part. So arts museums are the same thing. Science museums are the same thing. So these are readily available platforms that we can repurpose if we are intentional about this. I never gave as much thought as I have today on museums, but I thought, well, I'm just going to quickly look different types of museums because I, I don't know. I'm amazed. I had no idea that there was all these different types of, and I guess in my own history of being around the world, yeah, okay, so military war museums, mobile museums, natural history, open air, pop-up museums. I'm interested in pop-up museums. That's something I've never heard of. Have you worked with a pop-up museum kind of idea? No, I haven't, but in the UK, there's a, a empathy museum which operates as a pop-up museum. So it Tell me about, what. what is that? So it offers experiences, actually. They have this really engaging activity. One of their activities that I'm aware of is that they provide a variety of pairs of shoes for visitors to try on and experience literally what is it, what it is like to be in another's shoes because each pair of shoes come with a story and, a, you know, the worldview. And, Interesting. And so it has to be an experience and to, it has to be playful. It has to be subtle you know, not really <laughs> traumatic, but, uh, but a way of, you know, so getting us to consider it as a, as an opportunity, as an option. Is there opportunity at, I'm going to answer my own question per forecast. There's got to be huge opportunity in this world of just like you say, try on someone else's shoes to get that understanding, their perspective, what they feel, you know, you're trying, you're trying to translate all that. And I can see where you're not going to do it in a, in a, a five-page pamphlet, you're going to have to have something that is touchable, feelable, smellable, you know, all those things that create the human experience. Where does this go in the world of augmented reality or virtual reality and the technology advances that we have to help translate that transfer of empathy? And that gets very tricky, right? I mean, we are in the real world, you know, there's just my identity and and yet I'm still trying to figure out what I'm made of, you know, <laughs> my, my intellect, my heart, my soul, my biases, my thoughts, emotions, you know, all those things. I'm trying to make sense and balance so that I can, you know, be a better human being on this earth. But then when augmented reality gets into uh, play, I mean, it can be used uh, in service of empathy building by bringing people in close proximity to experiences and stories that they may not normally uh, be aware of or be close to. But on the other hand, you know, as, and of course, I'm no way an expert on artificial intelligence or anything like that, but uh, I know that this uh, technology requires you to create avatars or identities for different platforms. And for example, in one example, you know, there, there was a game apparently or an experience where people were going through some you know, cultural, you know, historic sites and uh, Muslims, for example, Muslim people, when they went into a mosque as their avatars, they felt the urge to take their shoes off their avatar's shoes, you know? <laughs> so it is, we are really connected. So it is not that virtual. So that means that we are really sort of weaving in our values and our 
you know, ethics and our traditions and our stories into the uh, technological, you know, technology products that we yes. are creating, it becomes, you know, another level of reality mm-hmm. where, you know, we will have many identities. Mm-hmm. What's your biggest need right now as a young organization? Oh, uh, help. <laughs> <laughs> Just help, 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 help. help. Somebody help. <laughs> Funding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can imagine that, you know, when you go into a subject with empathy, you have to have your heart in this place, right? Which uh, can work against concepts like fundraising, you know, development. So yeah. like those, that section of my brain, you know, <laughs> so needs definitely some help. Uh, so that's where I really need the most help to, to, to raise funds so that I can uh, create this platform and to all kinds of walks of life because empathy building has no uh, prescription. Nobody owns the term or the definition of it. It is a still evolving definition that is mostly shaped by Western values and Western you know, sciences. Oh. So the more cultures, the more you know, traditions of wisdom that are involved in this inquiry, I think it will be more beneficial in terms of the products that we might develop that could cater to a whole bunch of more people. Now, everything you've been talking about has been individually based, individual learning, uh, empathy, and having self-awareness to understand self and others. Is it organizational empathy, a thing? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I think it is very important to have the right systems in place. Because empathy, I mean, you can try and be empathetic and, you know, uh, go through your life with your, through your, with your values and, you know, uh, ethics uh, that are based in empathy or sort of infused with empathy. But if you don't have the systems set up for that, to support that, that is very difficult. And it still is very important and powerful because we learn empathy by also through authentic experiences and authentic people uh, that actually just live by the, by that those values so and you notice that you know they are really not wavering no matter what happens to that and that has the most effect in terms of learning about empathy and more than anything else I think because you have seen a person living by that example uh, but on the other hand in the in the case of museums for example when they start thinking about empathy building, most museums gets, get excited, excited because they think that, oh, they can create these super engaging exhibitions, they can have more visitors, but then immediately they realize that they have to look in the mirror themselves first to, in terms of their hiring practices, you know, who's sitting on their board, where their collections come from, the land that they sit on, you know, all those things, you know, who gets represented, whose voice is being heard it starts a soul searching, you know, right? It's a very interesting concept because to me, an empathetic organization fosters uh, a trusting culture. An unempathetic or non-empathetic organization would probably foster distrust, it would be my estimation. So I found an article for a Harvard Business Review, The Secret of Leading Organizational Change is Empathy by Patty Sanchez. And what I would just want to read from her article is that the last piece she's got here is that business practices evolve rapidly, but there's one technique business leaders should always rely on to effectively motivate and lead empathic communication, empathic communication. 
Develop and show empathy for everyone involved in your corporate transition, and you'll lead a team that feels valued, included, and driven to help your initiative succeed. How does that, how does that sit with you as you hear that? Well, absolutely. That's, there's, that's definitely uh, true, and I, I believe and support that sentiment. But there's one thing that I would add to that, you know, and, and, and I know that that article perhaps is for business people, right? And so you have to meet people where they are or what they're interested in to engage them in this conversation to begin with. But empathy is also more than just, you know, leading a corporation or making the most profits or designing the most relevant product. They are very, those are very important and can be life-saving in you know, certain uh, situations. But empathy is also a way of finding the meaning of life because it is through empathy, through finding and discovering our connections, we realize that we are connected to something greater than ourselves. So there's more to that, that this life than just me and myself and my thoughts and what I want and what I don't want. So there's more to, that, uh, more to, the, uh, to uh, empathy than just uh, a tool for, uh, you know, leading teams and uh, making profit and which are all true, but there's also more to that. It's the deeper meaning, right? It's the deeper meaning of why, why, why am I here? Why, why is this organization here? You know what? And those are all parts and pieces of that why question for sure. So I usually ask my guests uh, what their definition of knowledge management is, but I feel that we might not be well suited here, but I want to helpfully translate that to maybe something more empathetic. Uh, what is your definition uh, of wisdom? Well, my definition of wisdom is uh, being oneself, uh, learning about knowing yourself. Isn't there a quote like that or something? Know sure thyself? There are many, there are many. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other comments or fragments that you wanted to say that you did not? You, you've got time. Yeah, I think, you know, building back on that you know, notion of empathy as a, a gateway to our understanding and appreciation, our connectedness and interconnectedness and interdependence. And I would like to call this oneness yeah. because there's really no other. But empathy is a portal or a pair of lenses through which we can start appreciating this. We can never truly feel as one, perhaps, because we have bodies, we have, you know, brains, and we are we are physical beings. You know, our existence is physical, uh, but at the other, on the other side, you know, there's more than more to our humanness than just our bodies. And empathy can be a really important gateway uh, for us to appreciate and start experiencing it in really mo most unexpected ways. Well, I mean, really, it's a base element, I would presume, of emotional intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. Part of that whole spectrum of inventory of who you are, and if you don't have some light shown on that, your own empathy, your own ability to be empathetic, then that definitely is not helping in the big world of possibilities. And, you know, tying back to your question about the knowledge, you know, in a way, uh, knowledge and information is something we, can, we accumulate, we learn, you know, and we use our intellect. But uh, empathy can unlock our heart, you know, and see the world through the eye of our heart and therefore translate knowledge into wisdom through a knowing of ourselves and knowing the, the truth behind the existence. Wow. 
Thank you very much. That was splendid. And thank you for sharing your expertise and your passion. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook. <laughs>